As if an in-state showdown on Saturday wasn't exciting enough, the Oklahoma Sooners picked up two in-state commitments ahead of Bedlam. We'll talk about that on today's episode of Locked On Sooners. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Sooner Nation? Welcome to Locked On Sooners, and thank you for making Locked On Sooners your first listen every single day. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On College for twenty dollars off your first purchase over at Game Time. My name is John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John Nine Williams. My buddy here is Josh Helmer. You can follow him on Twitter at Josh on Ref. The show is at Locked On Sooners, and subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Josh, we've got two. Big time commitments from the state of Oklahoma, from the city of Oklahoma City, from the school of Carl Albert on Thursday night. We have Marcus James, a again, a two-way star for the Carl Albert program, and Trine Washington, a surprise commitment from Trine Washington. Let's start with Marcus James, because this is the one that had been trending in Oklahoma's direction for quite some time. It was feel it, the feeling was leading into his commitment date that it was Oklahoma's recruitment to lose at this point, and the Sooners pick up a key commitment. Now, some places have Marcus James listed as a tight end. It looks like for Oklahoma, he's going to be coming to play linebacker. Yeah, I, I love that uh, Oklahoma finds somebody that maybe others view in a different light, and they say, "No, this is this is where he slots in with us is defensively." Six foot three, 200 pounds. Obviously, the, the weight he'll continue to add and add and add and improve that frame. Oklahoma wins the commitment here from uh, Marcus James over schools such as Texas AM, Utah, Arkansas, and TCU. So, some uh, obviously big time local competition, local flair there for uh, Oklahoma to, to win out over. And then Utah, who's been a trendy, physical, defensive minded program, I would say, run the football type of program so uh, a lot of the things that probably Brent Venables wants Oklahoma to be defensively going forward this uh, Carl Albert Hall I know that uh, we're going to talk about the two names here but just in general Oklahoma is cleaning up out of Carl Albert when you think about Kevin Sperry and Xavier Robinson before and then again the 2025 class is just it's off to a completely different trajectory then 23-24 went for Oklahoma. They've got a number of commitments already in this class. Marcus James, the, the latest talented name to add to the board. Yeah, it's wild to see just how they continue to build this. And you you look at what Marcus James is able to do on the football field, and he's not maybe the most sudden player when you look back at his sophomore you know, huddle highlight film, but he is a player that makes plays, and he looks to be smooth, can move really, really well, for a guy that, again, that was just sophomore, he's going to continue to get better this year as a junior. I'm sure he's already having a better season, and then he's going to have one more year in high school before he even gets to Norman in twenty the, the class of 2025. So a lot to still project out. But again, you mentioned the, the teams that are already in on his recruitment. These are Brent Venable-style teams. You know, Texas or Utah. You know, Texas A&M is one of the better recruiting schools in the country. And defensively, I mean, say what you want about Jimbo Fisher and the program altogether, but they're putting together some really intri- intriguing defensive uh, classes 
over the last few years. And this could have been another, you know, big time win for the Aggies, but no, it's for Oklahoma. You love the offer sheet. You love that the Oklahoma Sooners are getting some of the best players from some of the best programs. And again, building that Carl Alpert pipeline uh, to Oklahoma. Now with Trine Washington, this was a surprise to everybody. I think most didn't necessarily expect him to commit today, but the Sooners get him. Uh, he's not rated yet with 247 Sports, but with on three, he's considered a four-star prospect and a four-star in the composite. Rivals has him as a three-star. But again, you look at some of the offers that he's gotten. Iowa State, Kansas, uh, who else is on that? Missouri, uh, just some really intriguing teams. I mean, we're seeing an improved Missouri program. And then with Iowa State and Kansas, I mean, those are just two programs that want to be defined by toughness. And they kind of take on the character a little bit of their coaches, you know, guys that maybe fly under the radar as far as national respect is concerned. But those teams, they bring it. And so when you look at those offers, don't, don't let them mislead you in particular. And this is still really, really early in the cycle for these guys being that they've got two more years of high school ball to play. This is, this is, this is a very intriguing um, player for the suitors. Again, somebody who's going to slot in on the defensive side of the ball, but has some skills with the ball in his hand as well. Oklahoma is just, well, they're mining the halls of Carl Albert (laughs) for a lot of talent right now. I mean, it's a, unprecedented four commits from the same school in the OKC Metro for Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. So that alone is uh, pretty amazing for Carl Albert, but uh, speaks to just the greater vision of this staff right now. And we've said it for a while that this Oklahoma staff, John, they, they are practicing what they preach and they mean it when they say they want to keep the best players from the state of Oklahoma home. Who, what they've identified, who they identify as the best players, they want to keep them them home. I like the the way that Parker wrote this over at OU Insider. No, you're not seeing double. That is, in fact, another commitment from Carl Albert. But you're also not seeing double in this respect. There's another offer that went out to Mason James, a, a player from Norman North that I know a lot about. He's a talented uh, wide receiver, I think is what Oklahoma's thinking there. Emmett Jones and company are, are in early on that recruitment. He's just a sophomore from Norman North. He's played all over defensive backfield plays wide receiver this season, sort of out of necessity and go figure. The kid uh, is incredible as a wide receiver, just like he was as a freshman defensive back. So all of that to say that you got Marcus James committing, you got Trine Washington committing, you're going after Mason James at Norman North, this staff, man, they are not messing around in the state of Oklahoma. No, not at all. And if you look over at on three and this, the player rankings uh, for the state of Oklahoma, the Sooners either have commitments from or have a heavy lead for nine of the top 10 prospects in on threes, Oklahoma player rankings. Four of those are commitments. Uh, sorry. Yeah. Four of those are commitments. Jaden Nickens, Elijah Thomas, Kevin Sperry, Trine Washington, just all from the state of Oklahoma, but they have significant leads in the on three recruiting prediction machine for CJ Nixon, Nate Roberts, Tristan Haynes, another Carl Albert prospect who they have a significant lead for, uh, as well as uh, Alexander Shield Knight, who you've been seeing predictions come in favoring the Sooners. So the Oklahoma has been making a big, big time uh, focus and creating such an emphasis on winning the state and, and not letting these top 
tier talents in the state of Oklahoma leave the state for other programs. There's nothing worse than seeing, you know, players that could have played at Oklahoma, like a Daniel Hyshaw that plays at Kansas, leave the state and go and be successful. Charlie Kolar might be the best example of that uh, in the last five, six years or so. Someone who left the state and ended up killing Oklahoma later. So you, you got to win these in-state recruitments. Uh, it's It was a bummer to see a couple of them leave the state, whether it was you know Zadavian Sims out of Durant um, or you know by Job out of Norman. It happens. You're not going to win all of them but you want to win as many as you possibly can. And, and you want to win a vast majority of them. If the if you're the Sooners, I love the fact that these two commitments happened during Bedlam week, like two days before Bedlam, you get another boost from the in-state uh, recruiting efforts. You just gotta, you gotta love to see it, man. No doubt. Yeah. It's uh well-timed for the, well, before the, the, final Bedlam we think, right. Or no in the uh, foreseeable future here, but just the the emphasis on the Sooner State and uh, Oklahoma, this coaching staff again those those relationships that they've built. And I, I feel like I say this time and time again, but if you're new to the show, welcome to Locked On Sooners, your team every single day. I'll, I'll keep preaching the same message that these relationships, John, are really coming home to roost in a positive way for Oklahoma. They've built them in state, they've built them out of state, and uh, in Oklahoma now in 25 especially. I mean, we didn't see it in the 23-24 cycle. Heck, what? You had a commitment from Kevin Sperry, I think, in 25 before you got a commitment in 24, which is sort of wild to think about now with what uh, the 2024 class has turned into, uh, top 10 nationally, and who knows, maybe they'll crack the top five before it's all said and done. But, man, uh, OU, those relationships that this staff has been able to build, I think we're just starting to see all of that work in Oklahoma's favor now, and particularly, obviously, in-state in these instances. Yeah, the Oklahoma Sooners right now are the number four uh, team in the 247 team recruiting rankings, uh, just behind Georgia, Alabama, and Notre Dame with their seven commits. So big, huge, great start to the 2025 cycle, and only going to continue to get better. They're going to continue to add really, really impressive talent, not only in Oklahoma, but across the country. It's Bedlam week. We've got to talk Bedlam. We've got to talk keys to the game for an Oklahoma Sooners win. We'll give you our picks as well later in the show. This episode brought to us by Prize Picks. If you're looking to play daily fantasy sports, there's no better place to head than to Prize Picks. That's prizepicks.com backslash locked on college, where you can use our code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. They've got some really cool stuff going on, really, at all times. But a couple of the new things going on with prize picks, daily fantasy sports, basketball season is upon us. And now you can you can do combo projections across football and basketball from their specials league. What is this? Okay, well, it's a league created specifically for combo projections. Includes two or more players from different sports or leagues, for instance. How about LeBron James? Still out there getting a bunch of points late in his career. Doesn't matter. Uh, LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey, for example, at, say, a 10.5 combo of three-pointers made, plus receptions for those two. Just more or less, what do you like? And uh, how about the traditional type of entries you can make in 60 seconds or less Dylan Gabriel more than 260 and a half passing yards Alan Bowman eh, we're hoping less than 245 and a half passing yards all of that uh, prizepicks.com check it out prizepicks.com backslash locked on college use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100 daily fantasy sports made easy man if Alan Bowman throws for more than 240 yards I'll be 
really disappointed in the Oklahoma Sooners defensive uh, performance. He's completing just over 50% of his passes this season, uh, precisely completing 57.3, sorry, just under 60%, but 57.3%. He's only averaging 6.4 yards per attempt. That's not very good. You know, in, in a day and age where wide receivers kind of have free range out there in the open field and quarterbacks have the ability to hit guys when they're a little bit more open than what they would have been 20 years ago, 57.3%. That's a, a, a completion percentage of your, your father's uh, college football watching days. This is not of the 2023 college football. So keys to the game, Josh, let's get into it offensively for the Oklahoma Sooners. What is one thing you want to see happen or that needs to happen for them to come away with a win in Bedlam? Well, it's what we've been talking about all week for Oklahoma. Number one, they need to be aggressive, be aggressive. Don't just get caught up only leaning on the run game or bubble screens, jet sweeps. Take some shots downfield. Let Dylan Gabriel go win this football game for you. And then with that, I would just say, do what you do best, which right now is if you tell me that Tommy Walker is not playing in this game or that he's limited, which I think both of those are legitimate possibilities for Oklahoma. Certainly the the latter is a, a pretty good possibility for OU that Tommy Walker is fairly limited. Then unless you start popping a couple runs early with Barnes or Sawchuck or whichever direction that happens there, Marcus Major will see, right? If that doesn't happen early, don't force it. Drop back and throw the football 35 times with Dylan Gabriel and let him look for Nick Anderson. Let him look for Jalil Farouk. So just do what you're best at. You're good at pass protection. Dylan Gabriel is a quarterback that, save for a bad decision up in Lawrence to start the game, you can trust your quarterback. Let him go make plays for you. Yeah, I think the aggression aspect of that is a very, very key component to this because, as you mentioned, Dylan Gabriel has been really, really good this year. He's been a key reason why you have one of the best offenses in the country, and this is a great week to kind of get back on track to finding that balance. But I do think that running the football is going to be a big key for them because Oklahoma State is going to be in a, in a similar way running that 3-3-5 that Iowa State loves to run. And you're going to have some opportunities to run the football on them. They're the 103rd ranked running defense in the country, allowing 170 yards per game. This is a great opportunity to keep that ball rolling a little bit. But I'm, I'm with you, man. Do not force the issue. If, if Oklahoma State is going to play coverage, they're going to drop eight and make you run the football. By all means, run it. But if you're not being effective at it, you're going to have to mix it up and find some other things. And I think this is a, a week where you have to get back to challenging teams down the field, even if the coverage is there. you got to challenge them with your jump ball guys like Jaden Gibson, like a Nick Anderson. Let those guys go up and make some plays on the football. And when it is a cover three zone, and, and but you just need Jaden Gibson to go up and make a play. Though it's where only he can go get it. If he doesn't come down with it, great. But if it's, it's not going to be intercepted. Be aggressive. Throw the ball down the field. And then also, you know, loosen them up a little bit with less of the jet sweep stuff, but more RPO. Dylan Gabriel has been fantastic in the RPO game this year. And when you do that, it does open things up in the running game. Defensively, Josh, the Oklahoma State Cowboys, man, it's Ollie Gordon. It's the Ollie Gordon show. We talked about Alan Bowman. I mean, he's had a solid year. He's not killing them necessarily, even though he's got five interception interceptions. He's done a really, really good job managing the football game. 
What does Oklahoma have to do in order to slow down the Oklahoma State offense that's been really, really good the last few weeks? Obviously, the the run. You have to be good there. Uh, Gordon can't just pop you for three 40-plus touchdowns, whatever it may be, right? So, And the, the number one thing there, I would say, is, John, it's obviously simplistic, but Oklahoma has to tackle. They have not tackled well have not tackled well the last two weeks and definitely really struggled in that department in Lawrence. And that was an area that this team had made big strides. I don't have just this portfolio of information directly in front of me right now that says, okay, the missed tackle number was X, Y, Z through weeks one through six. I can just tell you with my, my football watching eyes, Oklahoma has regressed in that department tackling. So they've got to be good there. That's, I mean, that's the number one key for Oklahoma defensively. The other item I would say is defensive line. I've been harping on this all week. They just have to be better, John. They've not been who they were in the Texas game. And I don't know that that's who Oklahoma is up front. I want to believe that that's who Oklahoma can be up front, but they've not been that team since. So you need some more of that nasty back. Maybe they were the first four drives versus UCF, but ever since then it's been uh, – it's been poof, a magic trick. They're, they've gone. They've disappeared. So those would be the two items. Tackle well, defensive line, I'm looking at you. you got to perform much, much better in this game for Oklahoma to win this, what appears to be a final bedlam. Yeah, and I think it comes back to also what Brenton Venables talked about earlier in the week, and that's staying disciplined defensively. Because just as soon as you start to focus all your attention on Ollie Gordon, Alan Bowman is capable of hitting you over the top if you're not paying attention. So yeah, he may not be the best quarterback you'll face all season long, but if you're not paying attention to what they're capable of doing in the passing game, they will hit you. It would be just like Mike Gundy to come in and call a play action pass and throw a bomb down the field just to test the Sooners on the first play of the game, knowing that all eyes will be focused on Ollie Gordon. The other part of that is the screen game. Now they've been really good against the screen in particular a guy like Jonah Laula has done a really good job blowing up screens throughout the year. That's going to be a big part of this too. Even if Alan Bowman's not chucking the ball down the field, you can bet they're going to run the screen. They're going to run a lot of misdirection because that's, what's been effective against Oklahoma the last two games in particular. And so expect to see a lot of misdirection, a lot of, you know, the play action, uh, bootleg stuff, or even just the, the throwbacks, things like that. Play disciplined football, be, tuned in on your keys and don't let your eyes wander from what your responsibility is. And, and hopefully that's been the message this week. If we just play defense, like we're capable of, and we play disciplined and we focus on our job, then we should be able to play better team defense. And that's, what's been so good about this team is they had been playing really, really good team defense, whether even in the Texas game, when they were giving up a bunch of yards, they were making team defensive plays and that's what they got to get back to. Not a lot of hero ball. Just go make plays, be in your spot, do your job. Uh, any other keys to this game that you feel like need to be touched on before uh, we share our picks for Bedlam? Well, I'm hopeful that some of what you hear out there is that Danny Stutzman is going to play in this game and that he's going to be, well, the Danny Stutzman that is a semifinalist for the Lombardi and you know, deserves consideration for the butt kiss and, and it's just big defensive awards, right? I hope that that's the Danny Stutzman that's in attendance. But I would say, Kip Lewis, Kobe McKenzie, you better stay ready just uh, on the off chance that, well, A, Danny Stutzman doesn't go or that B, 
you try Danny Stutzman early and the coaching staff sees something that, okay, maybe he's not quite right this week. So those two guys, I think you better be ready that your number could get called. And I feel like it could be a big Kobe McKenzie game anyway, because he's got big, good size and someone who could potentially match up with Ollie Gordon in the hole and, and be able to go, you know, toe to toe physically with him. So that, that'll be, it's going to be intriguing to see how Oklahoma plays this one, because it's not a running back that they've seen this year like Ollie Gordon. I mean, they've seen good runners like Jonathan Brooks and Devin Neal and Daniel Hyshaw, good players, but nobody with the size, the physicality, the speed that's just absolutely dominating right now like he is. He might be the best offensive player that they've seen thus far uh, in the 2023 season. So it's going to be a huge, huge test. And we're going to talk to you more about Bedlam. We'll give you our picks to this week's game here after the break. There's no better way to get last minute tickets and last minute deals than with the game time app. If you've been like me and you're trying to find the, the show that you you're trying to take that hot date, you want to find tickets to the concert, but you don't know where to go, go to game time. They've got the best last minute deals better than anyone. You got exactly what you're looking for. You know what you're going to get when you buy through game time. They're easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area, whether it's concerts, you know, playoff games, the thunder Dallas Mavericks, whatever you're looking for game time has got it. It's the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. You can see the view from your seat before you buy. So you know exactly what to expect when you arrive all in prices, show your total up front. So you know what you're getting or you know you're getting a great deal without hidden fees, and you can buy tickets in seconds with two taps of the button. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event, and even an hour after it starts, it's the place to find those last-minute deals. So download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply, but again, create an account and redeem code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-C-O-L-L-E-G-E for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, low price guaranteed. Okay, Josh, any other final thoughts on this game, on Bedlam in particular? We haven't really done much nostalgia uh, on on the Bedlam series, knowing that it's going to be the last one for who knows how long. Joe Castiglione was optimistic that they're going to be able to find a way to get it back on the schedule down the road, but I like Joe. I think he's going to take an optimistic approach to this. The Oklahoma State side, maybe not so much. So any other final thoughts, parting words as we get ready for Bedlam before we give our picks? Well, I, I know that uh, Oklahoma fans like to play, to some degree, the the tough guy card a little bit, right? It's not a rivalry. Who cares? Won't miss it. And for some, that might honestly be true. But I don't know. It's an in-state game, so I, I, I'm disappointed that at least for the time being, it's uh, going by the wayside. Is it the end of the world to me? No, absolutely not. If you told me you could fill this game with an annual date versus Nebraska instead, okay, sign me up. But I just think for Oklahoma, you know, at some point I'd like to see out of the SEC schedule, whether it's mending these fences with Oklahoma State, if it's a Nebraska, I'd like to see something out of conference that's an annual date just because I just think it's fun for the schedule and I just think it's good for Oklahoma fans, whether OU fans want to admit that to be true uh, about Bedlam or not. So I'm disappointed. It's authored up some 
some historic moments, especially in the last quarter century. You know, before that, probably uh, that's what was interesting about Mike Gundy's remarks is I don't know that it was all that great of a series until he started coaching and Les Miles before him started coaching. I think those are the guys that really kind of turned this thing into something special over the last quarter century. But all of that to be said, hey, it's, uh, you know, this is the last one for now. So that means that hopefully we're going to see a motivated Oklahoma coming out and playing in the football game, especially coming on the heels of what was not great a week ago. Yeah. I said something as similar earlier in the week that I I just think it's an important game, you know, whether you want to call it a rivalry or not, whether you want to call it, you know, one that moves the needle. I, I think it does. I think it's a game that people take notice of even if they're neutral observers, they, they see it and they're like, Oklahoma, Oklahoma, Oklahoma state. Like that's a big time, you know, rivalry game. That's a matchup. And whether it's been so one-sided or not, it is, it is a rivalry. I've got Oklahoma state friends and fans and man, they loved nothing better than beating Oklahoma back in 2021. Like they view it as a rivalry. You got to match that energy. I don't care if you think it's a rivalry or if it's been so one-sided that you don't think it's a rivalry. We got to match that energy as a fan base, as a football team, because like Switzer said, they're coming in to beat your butt, beat your tail, PG version. And and that's what's fun about the in-state thing, right? You know, Texas may not view Texas A&M as a rival in the same light that they view Oklahoma, but it's not been great for the sport that Texas and Texas A&M haven't played every year. It's not going to be great. Yes, Oklahoma and the SEC is going to be fantastic. We're going to love it. But it's not going to be necessarily great for the state that Oklahoma and Oklahoma State aren't playing every year. It's going to be missed. Rivalry games that have a moniker like Bedlam does, I think that that means something. And it's it's a part of what's made college football great. I'm with you. I'd love to see something annually in non-conference because it does create more excitement, more intrigue in the non-conference schedule every single year. And we don't know really what the SEC format's going to look like, you know, beyond the next couple years, I believe. But if it's a, only a one-seven model where you only play Texas and the other seven rotate every couple of years, it's harder to create that energy uh, that you have when you play a team every single year, like you've played Oklahoma State every single year for forever. So it, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a blast. I hope everybody enjoys it. But Josh, let's get down to picks. How do you see this one playing out? Who you got? Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. Where do you think this one falls? I'm going to take Oklahoma to bounce back. The importance of what this game means for this season, trying to get to Arlington, trying to win a Big 12 championship, one final, what would it be, the 15th Big 12 championship on the way out the door? Whatever, it's been too many to count, right? Uh, But uh, for Oklahoma, one final Big 12 championship going out the door. And really, for this program to be on the type of footing that it's accustomed to being on, and it wants to be on with Brent Venables going forward. So I, I hope that we're going to see a hungry, desperate Oklahoma team that got punched in the jaw and woken up a little bit that somebody came by and they're a little grumpy because somebody was rattling the cage. So I hope that we see Oklahoma come sprinting out of the cage with that type of animosity, both sides of the football. I think that Oklahoma has the, has the wherewithal if it's good Oklahoma up front. And if the linebackers, you know, are what I think they can be capable of being, they can slow Ollie Gordon. I'm not saying they're going to hold him, 
you know, under a hundred yards or whatever. I mean, he's going to get a bunch of carries and he's going to get his here and there, but I think they can hold him over under a buck 50. I think that's doable for Oklahoma in this game. I think they can come away with a couple of timely takeaways here and there. And I think Dylan Gabriel and the offense, I think they're going to come out on a mission to prove, okay, we're, we're not the scaredy cat offense that you saw on the final meaningful drive, right? Versus Kansas, where you had a chance to put the game uh, away, the second to last drive in that contest, which maybe I shouldn't call the last drive unmeaningful in that game. You still had a chance to get into the end zone, but you, you had a chance the drive before to just go in the thing and you didn't do it. So I, I think all of that is going to lead Oklahoma final bedlam. All of it is, uh, I expect Oklahoma State to get some points here and there with Ollie Gordon, but uh, I really like Oklahoma to win this fairly comfortably. I'm thinking 37-27 in that neighborhood, pull away late, and uh, maybe there's one score on the board that makes it a little bit closer than even it was at times. I think we see a big response from OU. Yeah, I'm somewhere similar on the kind of the point differential on this. About 10 points is about how I feel about it. I think the spread's still sitting at about five and a half in favor of Oklahoma, but I just think, okay, yeah, Ollie Gordon's going to get his, but there are going to be situations in which Ollie gets stopped. You know, he gets slowed down, and it's going to put Alan Bowman in some third and long situations, which is where Oklahoma's going to thrive. I think he'll turn the ball over at least once, and Oklahoma's going to cash in on that. But I do think it's, I, I think we do see another, you know, big performance from Ollie Gordon, but it's not going to be a 200 yard day. If they can hold him to like 125 or so, then that's, I think that's going to be a win for the Sooners. I just think, like you said, the offense is going to be a unit on a mission coming out to prove a point, and we're going to see another strong game from Dylan Gabriel where he spreads the ball around, he's accurate, and he's lethal. And look, Nick Anderson didn't have a touchdown last week. He broke his five-game touchdown streak. I think he bounces back, gets one this week, and continues to make, you know have a breakout, breakout season for the Sooners. Again, I think the 10 points is about right. I'm going to say it's Oklahoma 33 and Oklahoma State 24, something like that. So not quite 10 points, but I'll, I'll say it's going to be a good win for the Sooners. We'll look, up, we'll look back on this and be like, hey, that was a solid win. They played really, really well. Oklahoma State is just a team that is heading in a, a great direction too. They're trending really, really favorably. If they can get a solid performance out of Alan Bowman. They might be able to beat the Sooners. I just think the quarterback play is going to be what holds them back in this one. So we're both on, on record here. Oklahoma beats Oklahoma state in Bedlam one final time. And that's going to do it for today's episode of locked on Sooners. Thanks so much for tuning into the show and being a part subscribe to the show, wherever you get your podcasts We're free and available on all podcast platforms and on YouTube, hit that notification bell and that subscribe button to let you know when new episodes drop, follow Josh on Twitter at Josh on ref myself at John nine Williams. The show is at locked on Sooners, but until next time when we'll talk to you after bedlam and break down everything that transpired on Saturday, boomer sooner.